In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. Send her away, she cries out after us. I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. This is the word of the Lord. It is quite the display of boldness, isn't it? That this woman should cry out to Jesus as she does, even though it seems as if everything is against her, and she has no strength of her own, and she doesn't. The audaciousness of faith. The boldness of faith. And we see it in Jacob too, don't we? Incredible boldness. But where does it come from? If it is true, as the catechism says, that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him, but the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel to faith, that it is equally true that such faith by which we are called through the gospel is entirely a miracle of the gospel. That is to say, the boldness that we see in Jacob and the boldness that we see in this Canaanite woman is wholly dependent upon the boldness an audacious character of the gospel itself. This is reflected in the Psalms. Out of the depths have I cried to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. If you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? No one. But with you there is forgiveness. With you there is forgiveness. With you there is forgiveness. The proclamation of that assertion in the gospel is what creates faith and it is what gives the tenacity and boldness to faith. And so we're presented with Jacob. I want you to think of his life. No one deserved God's mercy in the gospel less than Jacob. He was, as you know, the second-born twin of his father, his brother was Esau. You remember he tricked his brother out of the birthright and out of the blessing. And Esau hated Jacob for it. Jacob fled from Jacob, Jacob fled from Esau because Esau had vowed to kill him. Two decades. Jacob spent with his uncle Laban. 
and he was humbled by Laban as he dealt face to face with his own weakness. That experience was good for him. It taught him something about his own sin, about his own unworthiness, about his own lack of strength, and his need for the one thing needful, the promise of the gospel. Similar things happen to us in our lives. Even the struggle with sin from which we find ourselves wholly unable to deliver ourselves, God uses for a salutary purpose. The Lord taught Jacob through his experiences that he did not receive any blessedness as a result of his own cleverness, spiritual fortitude, or strength. Quite the opposite. He was a chosen son of the mercy of God alone. And so that's what brings us to the narrative of this morning's Old Testament. On the way to meet his brother after years apart, not knowing his brother's disposition toward him, does he still want to kill me? Jacob wrestled with his Lord. It was quite a wrestling match. He would not let go of his Lord until his Lord blessed him. He insisted upon that blessing. By what right? By the strength of his own spiritual virtue? By no means. He knew by this point in his life that he had no such thing. No, by the strength and power of the absolution itself contained within the blessing given to Abraham and his father Isaac and given to Jacob. With you, O Lord, there is forgiveness that you may be feared. He would not let go of the Lord until the Lord blessed him. That is to say, he would not let go of the Lord until the Lord repeated to him the words which came, became the basis and foundation for his entire life. And the same is true for us. Christ's word of absolution is the foundation and basis for our life and for Christian living. I forgive your iniquity, your sin I remember no more. That's what faith does. It is bold and it is tenacious because it is created by the word of the gospel spoken to us when we're broken and when we're ruined. And that's what the gospel is. It is the good news for us as sinners. This helps us understand the Canaanite woman in today's gospel. She was called to faith in Jesus by that simple yet powerful word of the gospel. A word, again, not coincidentally, spoken to the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and our dear brother Jacob, who is so like us, or rather we are so like him. And that promise, so clearly stated and so powerful, in Abraham's seed, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. For this woman, 
whose daughter was devastated by demonic possession, whose spiritual bondage also jeopardized the very faith and salvation of this Canaanite mother. She cries out to him, Lord, help me. Son of David, have mercy on me. She worships him. By the grace of God, she came to believe that though she was a Gentile, though she was an unworthy, sinful woman, Jesus was for her. You see, that's what the gospel is proclaimed. It proclaims to us. Though you are unworthy, though you struggle with sin from which you cannot free yourselves, Jesus is for you. And the greatest testimony that he is for you is the fulfillment of the word of the gospel in his suffering and death for you. Though she was poor and miserable sinner without any goodness of her own making, Jesus was for her. Though her daughter was afflicted by demons and the destructive forces of darkness, Jesus was for her. Though the experiences of her life filled her with misery and heartache and temptation to forsake the faith herself, Jesus was for her. Jesus was her Savior. To let go of that meant no hope. But by the strength of the very promise that created that faith, she couldn't let go. What a mystery. Jesus is for you. Not in your triumphs, not in your strength, in your failures in your weakness, in your deepest struggles. That's what the gospel proclaims, that we have a gracious God who comes to us in our darkest hour, in our deepest need, in our most intense struggles. Yes, this woman was bold in her faith. No standing as a Gentile woman, but she dares to cry out, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. The promise of the gospel and the gut-wrenching experiences of her life taught her that if she let go of Jesus, she had nothing. And you and I learned that same lesson, too, throughout our lives as Christians. It is why this Sunday is so comforting. Oh God, you know that without you, we have no strength, we pray in the collect. There's good news in that. Because it means that our strength and our salvation and the courage to live our lives under the cross of affliction and with our own struggles comes entirely from him. Thanks be to God. Jesus knew the faith of her heart because his gospel and spirit had created that faith. And so through the things under which she suffered and struggled, he treats her this way to reveal the content of that faith to us that you and I might learn through her experiences 
that we might empathize with her. Consider this about the woman. Her experience from Jesus. It seems so off-putting. That's like a mask. The mask of the real Jesus who loves you and is for you. And we see the mask lifted at the end of the narrative. Yes, Lord, I'm a dog. Could you say that? I'm a dog. But even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Could you say that? It's true. And what teaches us to believe that? The word of the gospel of God's unmerited forgiveness in his son. Oh, woman, Jesus said, great is your faith. It is as if he were saying to her, oh, woman, great is your faith. Jesus, the one who is for you, the one who loves you, the one who has taken upon himself your sin, every calamity of your life, and made you his own, and in love redeemed you with his holy precious blood, with his innocence, suffering, and death, that you may be his own. That's what it is to be a Christian. Faith is a miracle, not of our own doing, but of the good news of what Jesus has done for us and for all sinners. Faith is bold and tenacious, but it is bold and tenacious because the gospel is bold and tenacious. To be spoken into the darkness of our hearts and our deepest struggles, be of good cheer, I forgive you. As sinners, we dare to lay claim to God's mercy and forgiveness because the gospel is bold. The words of the Apostle Paul are so encouraging to us in the letter to the Romans where he says, therefore, having been justified by faith, faith that looks outside of itself entirely to Christ, we have peace with God. And through this faith, we have access into the grace of the Lord Jesus in which we stand. And that's why we rejoice under the cross of our own burdens and afflictions. For our hope is in the glory of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting.